Whatever else he is, the Pharisee is no liar. He really is different from other people, even people who share his faith. The requirement in the Jewish tradition is to fast one day a year, the Day of Atonement. But this Pharisee fasts two days every week. The requirement is to tithe on certain sources of income. But this Pharisee gives away one-tenth of his entire income. Talk about being really hardcore. And he's thankful to God. Certainly, thankfulness is close to the heart of true religion. But consider what causes the Pharisee's thankfulness. Not that God's grace enables him to do what he does, but rather that his devout behavior makes him unlike other people, sets him apart from them. So, let's get it straight. The Pharisee is no liar, and he is thankful. But still, his prayer is stifling. It makes us gasp for air. In just a few words, he cuts off consideration from all other people and centers on his own self. Four times in his brief prayer, the word I appears. And when he does use it, it seems to be spoken with an air of self-congratulation. Though his prayer is addressed to God, even God ends up cut off, kept outside. There's nothing for God to do here. The Pharisee has it all well in hand. In what is presented as prayer, this Pharisee sounds as though he is talking to himself. Well, maybe he is. The self-satisfaction of this Pharisee indicates someone turned in on himself. Someone small and satisfied to be small. There is no longing for God, no longing for the holy, no glimpse of glory. The Pharisee simply dismisses other people as unrepentant sinners. In his prayer, he calls them thieves, rogues, adulterers. In his eyes, they are no more than their sins, nor are they made in God's image, nor are they candidates for redemption. This Pharisee unhesitatingly thrusts them away from any humane consideration, including the repentant brother who stands nearby, the tax collector whom Jesus includes in the story. Now, of course, not all Pharisees were like this. Some were people of deep compassion. But for the one being satirized here by Jesus, holiness is actually just a hard shell made strong to keep the world out. Some people pass through a, a hard shell phase, but then they go on to something more mature. Perhaps for them, the hard shell experience is a necessary stage. But others move into a hard shell and they stay there. They stay there and then something inside of them changes. Something vital and life-giving inside of them 
dries up. When other people decide not to join them inside the hard shell, well, those people are seen as a threat. And because so much is at stake, the Pharisee inside his hard shell believes that the solution is violence. Violence may be physical or verbal. It might be random or institutional. But if keeping separate from the bad guys, maintaining absolute purity is the name of the game, well, then eliminating the opposition sounds like a, a pretty good option. If I'm not like them, and they are not like me, it follows that I can treat them however I like, whatever the damage they suffer. This descent into deeper and deeper sin is not exclusive to any one group of people. It turns up in many religions and worldviews, even those that reject it explicitly. It can turn up, and it does turn up, in holy places. Remember that Jesus presents the Pharisee as a devout man, praying in the temple. In contrast to the Pharisee, Jesus presents a tax collector. The Pharisee is the religious hero, but he has a hard heart. The tax collector, on the other hand, is a disaster, a moral, spiritual, and even patriotic disaster. But Jesus thinks that he's moving in the right direction and that there's hope for him. Remember that in the time and place of Jesus, tax collectors were not your uh, straight as an arrow, disinterested bureaucrats whose phone calls are monitored to ensure that they are courteous to their customers. Far from it. Tax collectors had turned their backs on their own people and had gone into league with the Romans for nothing more than money. Their contract demanded that they collect a certain pile of money for the empire, and it allowed them to keep what they could extort beyond that. The tax collector was held in almost universal contempt, and he lived a life of isolation. So, one of these moral, spiritual, and patriotic disasters dares to show his face in the temple. He can't claim to practice fasting. In fact, he's probably into conspicuous consumption. He doesn't give tithes to good causes. He's too busy ripping people off. And he probably can't remember the last time he was in the house of God. But we can say this much for him. His heart has not entirely frozen over. Jesus paints the picture of a man who, who's staring down at his shoes. He doesn't dare look anybody in the eye, much less lift his head in grateful prayer. With a closed fist, he, he beats his chest. This isn't just a, a ritual gesture, as we do in the liturgy. 
It is the overflow of powerful emotion from someone who sees his, his ugly life for what it is. His prayer is a cry, brief but piercing. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. His heart is a pigsty. Yet with these words, he flings wide the doors and he begs God to enter. He's a person radically dissatisfied with himself and he's desperate for grace. While the Pharisee's prayer is self-centered, the tax collector's prayer is God-centered. He wastes no time in assessing other people, comparing himself to them. He makes no reference to what he's done or not done. He knows that God knows him. And this finally breaks him open and makes him want something better than all he is and all he's done. Well, the tax collector has a long journey in front of him. But, thank God, he's pointed in the right direction. Where the Pharisee is building his hard shell, something breaks the hard shell of this tax collector's sins and it drags him into the light of God's mercy. And because he's bathed in the compassion of God, there's a good chance that he will look on other people with compassion. The Pharisee is thankful that he's not like other people and so becomes less and less connected with them. The tax collector starts out isolated from others, but he hits bottom. And that's where he meets the God of grace. There he rejoices that he is just like others, because God is merciful to all people with the mercy that transforms the undeserving and is greater than the powers of death. Religion can take us in either of two directions. But finally, only one of them leads to God. Pope Francis, in one of his general audiences, said the following, May the church be a place of God's mercy and hope, where all feel welcomed, loved, forgiven, and encouraged to live according to the good life of the gospel and to make others feel welcomed, loved, forgiven, and encouraged, the church must be with doors wide open so that all may enter. And we must then go out through those doors and proclaim the gospel. Here in this church, in this temple, which example will you follow? The Pharisee or the tax collector? Here in this life, which path are you going to take? The one that leads us into a hard shell? Or the way that leads us out into the land of the living?